It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Redskins, your daily Washington Redskins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, every day, every day. All right, everybody, welcome to another episode of the Locked on Redskins podcast. Coming up in this episode, the Redskins start signing their draft picks, but as of taping, not everyone. Also, what is Beth Wilkinson, the high-powered attorney hired by the Washington Redskins and Dan Snyder expected to find, and much more. I'm Chris Russell. Good to have you with us right here on LOR. Let's get you the news of the day. Uh, As I record this, it is Wednesday um, around nine o'clock Eastern time. We were trying to wait for as much of the news as possible to come out, but uh, we've returned to a slow trickle. So here's what we know, uh, and we can always add uh, as we go along here. The Redskins officially have signed Antonio Gibson, third round pick out of Memphis, as well Fifth round pick, Keith Ismael, center from San Diego State. Now, reportedly, they have also signed Antonio Gandy-Golden, fourth round pick, uh, out of Liberty. Reportedly, according to, I believe it was the Post uh, on this first, as well, Sadiq Charles, their first fourth round pick, in addition to Golden. Also, David Bada, defensive end. Uh, from um, overseas, of course, part of the international program, David Bada has signed his contract with the Washington Redskins. And seventh-round pick, James Smith-Williams, was expected to sign his deal. Not sure as of this taping if he has officially done that yet or not, but he was expected to do uh, this evening, Wednesday evening, Um So, you know, again, this is all procedural. They didn't have a second-round pick, as everybody knows. First-round pick, number two overall, Chase Young. That hasn't happened yet. Perhaps by the time you listen to this, it will have happened. Uh, They obviously want to get that done. uh, But there's no enormous rush uh, right here and right now to get it done. Usually it's the third round pick that takes the longest because of offset language. It's a complicated part of the collective bargaining agreement that was agreed to in 2011. I'm not sure if that has been adjusted based on the new collective bargaining agreement because the third round pick, Antonio Gibson, was one of the first ones we found out about. Again, usually the third round pick is always for whatever reason, and it's been explained to me a hundred times, and I still don't quite understand it, at least under the old CBA now. Uh, it used to be um, about offset language and um, and all sorts of stuff like that. So that's where we are in terms of kind of the news of the day, if you will, uh, from a Redskin standpoint. Now, there's always news, right? There's always, always, always more uh, that can be done. But 
that's where we stand. Uh, so again, stay tuned. We will have, you know, probably on the next episode, more updates in terms of other draft picks signing as well. Make sure you check out our Google news initiative, five and one minute reports. Uh, those might have a little bit more updated information in between because I'm doing that after recording and posting this, you get my point. Um, we're trying to keep everything as fresh and as up to date as we possibly can. You can also check out redskinsreport.com uh, and um, you can follow me on Twitter at WrestleMania621 at WrestleMania621, and we will have all of that for you. Also, the NFL is requiring that fans in attendance at games this season wear face coverings, regardless of local or state government regulation. And this is obviously going to offend and bother a lot of people, but this is absolutely the right and correct move. You are a private business. You're not, uh, the Green Bay Packers are kind of a a weird thing, uh, but the NFL is a private entity, right? And most teams, again, are private entities. You have every right, every right to say, you know what? No, you can't come in here unless you're wearing a mask. I'm sorry if you have a ticket, you cannot come in. Unless you have a mask, you can't go into fill in the blank. If they have a rule in their store that says you have to wear a face covering. Now, some places don't enforce it. Some places don't have signs. Some places have signs and don't enforce it. Some places have rules and again, forget and don't want to offend or bother their customers. So it's going to be very interesting to see the fallout to when somebody has a ticket, paid a lot of money for a ticket, and shows up when fans are allowed and they can't get in. Now, we still don't know how many fans are going to be allowed into these games, right? Uh, what What we do know is the Falcons are apparently going to allow 10 to 20,000 fans at Mercedes-Benz Stadium, which holds roughly about 70 or so thousand, um, so that they can have fans in the building, but obviously spread out. The Los Angeles Rams announced earlier this week that SoFi Stadium, the brand new stadium, will be at limited or no capacity, is the words that they used. So... um, Here's the bottom line. I, you know, I don't know what the Redskins are going to do. I'm sure the Redskins are going to want fans at FedEx Field. Uh, there's no chance that they're going to say, no, nah, you know what? Better part of discretion, better part of valor, safety, better to have zero than, than nothing. Nope. I, I mean, I'd be stunned. I'd be stunned if they don't allow fans into the building. I'd be stunned. You know, whether it's 5,000, 10,000, 15,000, I don't know how many thousand. I think you will see fans at FedEx Field in some capacity this year. So that means, regardless of what Maryland has as a law and a rule, based on what the NFL is saying, they're requiring fans in attendance at games to wear face coverings, regardless of local or state government regulations. And to that, and I'm sorry if this offends you, I say that's very good news.
That's very good news. That's the only way this can be done. That's the only way society is going to be able to control the spread of this virus, regardless of how hot it is, how uncomfortable it is, how political it is. It doesn't matter. The bottom line is this. We have to move on and we have to be safe and we have to try and protect each other. And I'm not trying to make this political, but again, the NFL is a private entity, right? Just like we asked this, I think last week, what happens when say a Redskins fan shows up in Redskins gear team has a different name at a road stadium or even FedEx field for that matter. Are they going to let you in? I don't know. Do they have the right to tell you, no, you can't come in. They have the right to have rules, right? You have to wear a shirt. You have to wear shoes. Many places I'm sure FedEx has it posted somewhere. Are they going to want that to be a storyline? I don't I don't think so. I think I think the team is going to want to make a clean break. I don't think they're going to want to start a firestorm of controversy or have cameras and fans and media tweeting about it constantly. I would expect some sort of fight, some sort of battle. I don't know if they'll ban people completely. Some sort of battle. On that front, we'll have more on that as we go along. This is the Locked on Redskins podcast. Good to have you with us. We're going to have my buddy Lorenzo Alexander uh, stop by for a couple of minutes. Caught up with him earlier this week to talk about uh, all sorts of NFLPA issues because he's an executive vice president with the NFLPA. That's posted at RedskinsReport.com in terms of video, but I also caught up with him about the Redskins and the name and everything that's going on uh, from afar, his own perspective and his own feelings. So that's coming up right here on the Locked On Redskins podcast. Good to have you with us. This Locked On podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less takeout, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals plus free shipping on your first box, and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. All right, we're with you on the Locked on Redskins podcast. My buddy Lorenzo Alexander now retired after a stellar two-time Pro Bowl NFL career. Of course, spent plenty of time with the Washington Redskins, Oakland Raiders, Arizona Cardinals, and finished up with four strong years with the Buffalo Bills. Executive Vice President of the NFLPA. Uh, We look back a little bit on his time here in Washington and as well address Uh, the sexual harassment scandal, and the name change with my buddy, the One Man Gang, right here on the Locked on Redskins podcast. So, hope you're doing well, pal. Yeah, we're doing well. Family's good. Kids are doing well. And so just uh, trying to get through this time like everybody else and try to be a light and with all this tragedy really around us right now. Yeah, got a lot going on. There's no doubt about it. And it kind of makes 
some other things seem, you know, kind of weird to talk about. But, you know, I, I mentioned, obviously, your former team in a lot of trouble right now and going through a lot of chaos. Right. Um, when you heard when you when you read that Washington Post story come out about 17 different women, 15 right. former employees accusing several officials of sexual harassment for a guy that's, again, involved in the NFLPA and is smart and as well-rounded as you are, Zoe, what was your reaction to that? Um, you know, it's just really unfortunate um, that a culture um, was allowed to to happen for so long over over a period of time. And it was something that I was never really aware of. I think it was compartmentalized and kept in secret for for good reason. But it's just unfortunate um, that it, that has even occurred. Uh, some of the people that that you know and get to know and 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 see how hard they're trying to work and and realize that they have to not only endure being a woman in, in a workplace that's dominated by men, but then also have to figure out how to overcome and 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 come to work every day dealing with somebody who who lacks respect and obviously integrity and character as far as the way they're being treated. And so, you know, hopefully um, with the leadership of, you know, Ron Rivera and, and, and um, Mr. Snyder, that they can obviously make amends and, and, and whatever that looks like, I'm not quite sure, but really be able to use this to make a statement as far as this isn't right and, and trying to figure out ways to, to change it. Because, you know, you even hear stories that this is not the only place that it happens, especially in the NFL. And then we know this it's a world issue. But really try to use this to 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 make a statement for for women in the workplace and and um, try to figure out a way to to make it right and, and move on from it. How would you? And maybe this is unfair, but I'll ask and you can answer it however you want. How would you compare like, uh, you know, the the building at at you know that the Redskins are housed in? Um, trying to avoid saying the name because of everything right. going on there, uh, compared to other team facilities that you were able to be in, was it was it more tense? Was it more uptight? Was it right. more um, loose? How how would you describe yeah. it? Yeah, I mean, I think the culture compared to other places, you know, when we talk about Washington, was definitely more contentious. I mean, you used to hear about all the stories, and you know, I was a, a, a younger player there. And as I was starting to mature to be kind of be one of those guys that would be more in the, in the know of what goes on upstairs is kind of when I departed. And so but, you know, I would hear the stories about, you know, how people were treated, the environment that it was uh, casted there as far as just the this the, the tension every day and how uptight people were um, compared to some places that, you know, where, you know, I think about Buffalo and, and how um, the environment where. You have it where I'm bringing my kids up there, my, my wife, you know, I'm having breakfast, uh, hanging out. It's, it's much more family oriented and, and based around love. And and so I think that's something that you have to intentionally do um, and something that really starts from the top and is trickled down. Um, you know, ownership, uh, front office, head coach really set the tone in that department. Um, and there's no I, I think there's no right way to do it, you know, when it comes to how you want your building to function. But I think there are some better ways to do it. And I think I, I definitely I personally thrive better when it's, you know, loving, um, uh, inclusive as far as when I'm talking about my family, bringing my wife into the building. When people show up and they want to be there, um, when when they feel like ownership and coaches uh, care about your family and your personal life. And, you, and, and I'm talking about not only players, but people that work in community relations, 
uh, public relations, ticket office. When you have that family effect in a building, I think it's um, more impactful for the community, more impactful for the organization. Um, and I think that way is a much better way to, to run a company. Lorenzo Alexander with us. Um, so when you when you were here, um, you know, Mike Shanahan was largely the, the head coach for, I, I guess, a bulk of your tenure, but you dealt with other head coaches. Is that a message that comes down from the head coach? Is that a message you think that comes down? Like in Buffalo, Sean McDermott came in and right. he seemed like he was wielding a pretty big stick, right? Along yeah. with Brandon Bean. But I mean, where does that message come from that we're going to handle ourselves like professionals and like human beings and not like, quite honestly, dogs, you know, and, 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 and yeah. you, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like, where does that I mean, message come from? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a synergy from, from leadership. And so, the places that I've, I've been that have done well, owner, GM, and head coach have all been on the same page as far as character, what they want their organization to look like. And then they respected that decision that they went to and then allowed each one to kind of operate in their own role um, to, to live out that, that mission, right? And so, but obviously the owner at the end of the day, regardless of, of, of the, the good and the bad is held responsible because he's really setting the tone. He owns the team. And so he has to set the tone, the vision and the culture um, that he wants to uh, um, operate underneath. And then everybody else kind of falls underneath. And now you will have some coaches, you know, obviously like a Belichick and some other coaches like Sean, as you mentioned, that come in and, and are are given, as I'm saying, given more authority, mm -hmm. but it has to be given to them. Right. And so for me, it's always top down. And then the better you create that environment from top down, I think that's when you start seeing um, your organization or the workplace or your 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 employees kind of mirror that vision and culture that you set, because that's who you're going to hire. People that hold that same vision, that hold that same um, uh, principles to how you do life and how you conduct. And so when you hire people that are going to do that, that's that's what you become. And so I know in Buffalo. We're really intentional about bringing in people um, that upheld uh, the culture of, you know, love, inclusivity, um, um, working in the building. That was from players to the chefs. Everybody was held accountable to upholding that. And so, like I said, it can go the other way, too. Somebody can have a completely different way about running the organization, and they tend to hire people that hold those same principles and values and then anytime you get somebody that kind of lives outside of that, they're they're gone, right? right? And so that's that's what it comes down to. And I think it all it always starts at the top and it trickles down. Um, it's a trickle down effect. All right, one last one, and then we'll let you out of here, Lorenzo Alexander. Alexander with us, uh, if I could speak in English. Um, <laughs> so you played again for you know the the, the team now sort of still formally known as the Redskins, whatever. Uh, and obviously they're going to change the name. Is that something you thought about a lot during your playing time? Uh, and is that something that you feel now is absolutely the right thing to do uh, the right. way it's all kind of unfolded? Um, unfortunately, I, don't, I, I didn't beat the drum. Uh, I think like most guys, when you're there, I mean, I always knew it was around. I always understood that uh, there was a, um, a demand to change the name. And every time I was asked about it, I mean, I definitely understood why it should be changed. But, you know, I, I fell short of getting out there and going up to Dan Snyder's office and demanding he change the name. You know, I still play for the team. 
So, you know, you can call that whatever you want to, but I was never in a position of power of demanding that or, but I, I never also never got with the, the Native American group and protested with them either. So whether or not that makes me a hypocrite, I, I don't know. I'm pretty sure somebody will say it is, but understanding the history of that name um, and why it's offensive, even if you don't agree, let's say, for example, just out of plain respect for um, for a group of people that say it's disrespectful, the name needs to be changed. Um, you know, I've educated myself more and more about it. And I think um, obviously with the social unrest that we saw get galvanized around George Floyd, um, that wave of energy and impact, the Native American groups were able to ride that wave as well and, and, and finally get um, something they've been fighting for so long changed. And um, it took the backing of, you know, obviously FedEx, Nike, Walmart, all the companies that we've seen. And for me out of this, um, you know, whether you, wherever you figure out where you fall in the name change or not, um, I think it's been beneficial of just showing the power of the people, the power of somebody being steadfast and consistent. Because if that Native American group had given up a long time ago, it probably would have been pushed under. So, you know, always staying consistent and then showing the power of just uh, a collective from the people as far as putting pressure on, on corporations. So when we see things that aren't being done well, um, whether it's locally or nationally, if we apply enough pressure to these companies, they have to move. And once they move, because it deals most of the time is dealing with money, then you start working in, in the direction that you want to go into. So I think it's just a, gate, a great game plan, an example, case study, whatever you want to call it, for creating change for things that we identify as uh, being um, not up to the standard of what we, we hold this, this country on, right? Um, equality, freedom, um, fairness, all those things that we say, you know, we stand upon when we identify uh, parts of this world or our, our country that aren't living to that standard, it's, it's, it's a clear game plan of how you go about creating that change. My God, Lorenzo Alexander. Um, first, l l let me just say this as I say goodbye. Um, you know, thank you for doing all this uh, for, for me. Thank you for always being good to me, my family, uh, us in the media in, in general. I, I think yeah. you know how, you know, how appreciative I am overall and how fond I am of you and your family. And, uh, you know, like I said, you're, you're a great football player, but you're a better person. And that means something. And I think it means more in 2020. So uh, I just want to say, you know, on behalf of all, you know, people back here in Washington, you know, congratulations, obviously, on a tremendous career, your retirement. You did it right, my friend. Uh, and you're going to continue to do it right and be a perfect example moving forward. Definitely appreciate it. Um, definitely enjoyed my time uh, in D.C. Uh, obviously, that's where my career really got started and got galvanized as far as making a team and the support of the fans, the support of people that I got to know in that organization from, you know, London, from the London Fletchers to the Daryl Greens that came back and helped mentor me, the Doc Walkers. I can go Brian Mitchell, go on and on. People like you, Chris, um, all the other beat reporters. So it's, it's, it's uh, definitely one of the the places in my career that I will always hold near and dear because it really uh, was able to create a foundation to allow me to go on and, and do some some great things in the community as well as my career and, and my family as well. And so always appreciative of my time in, in, in the D.C. area because that's where I really became a man at. And people can still check out what the ACES Foundation, right? 
Yeah, they can check out the ACES Foundation. Um, we're doing a lot of uh, good work in Oakland, actually going through a rebranding right now. My new website should be up in the next week or so. Um, but I'm always uh, trying to figure out ways to create change. And, you know, still D.C., I, I find a lot of communities and organizations I partner with out there that I'm still in contact with. So please reach out, whether you're in Oakland, D.C., or really anywhere. I try to use my platform and uh, my likeness to, to create positive change and impact lives uh, every single day. You're a good man. Congratulations, Zoe. Thanks for your time. I appreciate you. All right. So that's Lorenzo Alexander. You, again, can get all of his thoughts uh, on the name change. Uh, actually, on all the labor issues, rather, because he's an executive vice president with the NFLPA at RedskinsReport.com. Big old video interview uh, up there just about that. And then we did a separate part that you just heard exclusively here on the Locked on Redskins uh, podcast. All right, let's do this. When we finish up strong next, we will touch on what Beth Wilkinson is preparing to do and in the midst of doing against the Washington Redskins, her client. How about that? A little tipsy from the Washington Post. We'll get to that next on the Locked on Redskins podcast. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. All right, so we finish up here, and here's how we do it. So Adam Kilgore put this together for the Washington Post. We've all been kind of wondering, Beth Wilkinson, the high-powered attorney that the Redskins and Dan Snyder hired last week to do basically an internal affairs investigation, we've all kind of been wondering, how hard is she going to go, right? It's not an NFL-sanctioned investigation. It's not an independent investigation from outside investigating, per se, criminal activity right? Like an FBI type thing, or it's not that it's not that, but what, what it is, is an opportunity for once for everybody to be transparent, right? For everybody to be honest and to get out a lot of the dirty laundry. And maybe you don't uncover everything, but maybe you uncover a lot of it. Okay. So Kilgore and the Washington post put this together saying that unaffiliated lawyers that know Beth Wilkinson will not, meaning she will not hold back, meaning she was hired to do an investigation. She's not going to put her reputation on the line just to protect her employer or just to protect and make sure that, you know, if, if things come to light afterwards, she then looks bad, right? She looks like she basically didn't do her job. Um, supposedly, these lawyers also believe that if misconduct was done by Dan Snyder, it'll be uncovered and it'll be included. And that the scope of the investigation will not be limited. So here's a question. What happens if she finds out some really nefarious activity? What happens if she finds out some of the stuff that people believe goes on on that super yacht? What happens 
if she finds out some of the stuff that Capri Bibbs accused Dan Snyder of. What happens if, oh, I don't know, as part of her investigation, people that have signed non-disclosure agreements, somehow she gets to waive those. I don't know. I mean, I, I can't imagine if you've signed an NDA, which many have, and Beth Wilkinson comes to you without getting some sort of written approval, and I, I don't know how this would be done, you know, do you just waive your NDA to talk to Beth Wilkinson, who's employed by the team, who also put the NDA? That doesn't make a whole lot of sense. So Beth Wilkinson would either have to find a legal way to protect those that have signed NDAs so that she can talk to them, or they ain't going to do it. Because why would they? If you've signed an NDA and you violate it, then you know you might owe a lot of money, you might be in breach of your contract, depending on who you are. But if you do, if you talk to her without getting written approval or written protection, and I don't know how legally that would be done, you know, then you're putting yourself at risk, right? So she can't talk to anybody. I mean, she can't force them to speak, number one, right? But can she protect them? I don't know. I don't know. But it's something I I certainly have to kind of examine and, you know, dig into. Can she force them to speak if they have an NDA? I don't think she can. And if we're going to run an investigation where many people that she needs to talk to have NDAs, that's not good. Because she ain't going to find out as much as she can unless those people are protected or the NDAs are waived. That's it. That's the most simplest way. So we have a real interesting situation here. All right, that's going to do it for us on the Locked on Redskins podcast. My thanks to Lorenzo Alexander for joining us. I'm Chris Russell. Thanks to you for joining us and downloading Make sure you checked out the Locked on NFL podcast uh, with Brian Peacock and Matt Williamson each and every day as well. Locked on NFL draft uh, and everything that we have. And if you're interested in another team, we have every team covered for you in the National Football League. So there you go. All right. Have a good one. Adios. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.